What is the meaning of the kingdom? What does Jesus mean when he says, the kingdom of God has drawn near? What would the Apostle Paul have understood when he said that we've been transferred into the kingdom of God? This word kingdom is very important in Christian theology. It's important in biblical theology. It's important for anyone who studies the Bible. But particularly today, it's important for people who seem to be using it very promiscuously. For instance, I hear on a regular basis that I don't want to work in the church, I want to do kingdom work. Or when someone is working with uh, social justice activities, they say they're doing kingdom work. And the question I like to ask people is, do you think Mahatma Gandhi did kingdom work? And more than, a, more than the majority of people that I've asked that question to, have said that they think, yes, Gandhi was doing kingdom work because he was doing good work and he was bringing justice in the world. But is that what the Bible means by the word kingdom? So I did a, a study and I examined the meaning of the word kingdom in the Old Testament and I examined it throughout the Dead Sea Scrolls and Josephus in the New Testament and I've come to the conclusion that whenever we talk about the word kingdom, we have to have five ideas in play, and all five of them are necessary and uh, necessary ingredients for any understanding of the kingdom. The first one is that we have to believe that there's a king. There is no kingdom without a king. As the pages of the Bible unfold, this king starts with Yahweh, the God of Israel, and eventually Jesus is on the throne and he's the king, and the Father is the king. So. We, we have to have a king. The second thing is we have to have a rule. And this is where some people have equated the word kingdom with just the idea of ruling. And that's an inadequate understanding, but it's an important understanding, namely that this king rules. But how does this king rule? In the Old Testament and in the New Testament, this king rules in two ways. He rules by redeeming people, by rescuing people, so that the ultimate act of redemption in the Exodus or the ultimate act of redemption in the cross is a part of what the word kingdom ruling means. So the king, there's a king and there's a king who rules first by redeeming and then secondly by governing. So that the whole idea of lordship, that God is king over his people, that they submit to his will and do his will, is fundamentally important to what kingdom means. So notice that we have a king who is ruling. This king is Jesus, and he's ruling by saving and by lording it over his people by being their Lord. Third, whenever in the Bible the word kingdom is used, it always means a people. And this people in the Old Testament is Israel. The people in the New Testament is the church. What is uh, frequently a mistake is to think that the United States is that people or Americans, or Europeans, or if you're in Italy, the Italians. In the Bible, the kingdom people are those who have been redeemed by the king and have found themselves under the lordship of that king. So the king, uh, for there to be a kingdom, there has to be a king who is ruling over a people. And there are two more ingredients to kingdom in the pages of the Bible. The fourth one, or the, this next one, is that this king has a will, uh, a law. 
In the Old Testament, it's the Torah. In the teachings of Jesus, we locate it in the Sermon on the Mount. In the Apostle Paul, we locate it in his teachings of Christian ethics toward the ends of his letters of life in the Spirit. And a, the kingdom is people who are under that king who has redeemed them and is their Lord and who are following his will. So that fourth element is very important. And then the fifth element of a king in the Old Testament, which is very important and is neglected on a constant basis by people who are examining the, me the meaning of the word kingdom, is that there is a land. If you read the Old Testament, you realize how important the land promise is to Israel. There is no king who doesn't have a space to rule in. A king without a space is someone on the internet. Uh, a king in the, in the Bible is someone who, it is Yahweh, it is Jesus, who is ruling over his people by saving them from their sins and uh, calling them to live under him. He reveals his will to them so that they will understand it and practice it. And then he calls them into space, into a sacred space. In the Old Testament, the land promise, as it moves into the New Testament, it becomes a universal promise as the people of God take up territory and space and concrete incarnational existence throughout the world, and they then fulfill the land promise throughout the whole world, which is not to neglect the importance of Israel uh, in the plan of God, nor is it to neglect that the new heavens and the new earth are located in the new Jerusalem, which I think is a transformed earth and a transformed Jerusalem, so it will not be just what we see today. But these five elements are critical for understanding the meaning of the word kingdom, is that we have to have a king, we have to have a king who rules by way of redemption and who rules by way of being the Lord over his people. There has to be a people, and these are the redeemed people. And only redeemed people can do kingdom work because only uh, redeemed people are part of the kingdom. And then they have the will of God as taught by Jesus, and we also have at the same time sacred space, which we create mostly in our churches and in our families where we embody the will of God for this world in Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit.